Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, bringing you today another startup of the month, this time March 2020, from our media partnership with Frankfurt Forward. This time I would like to welcome another inofficial Joe. Hello Jörn, my name is Johannes Noll. Hello everyone. And we, uh, just to confuse the people who are just listening to this on audio, we will refer to each other as Joe, right? Yep, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That'll be just great. Okay, um, we may tell our audience who is following us since quite some time, you have been on the program because I met you guys in summer last year and did an interview with you at an event here in the Rhine-Main area. At this time, you've been called AppGuard, but you actually are now in the process of changing your name, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that was the first company name, um, AppGuard, uh, but feedback from our customers uh, was that they were a little bit confused about the name because they were always thinking about apps on the mobile phones and that's not what we do that's why we changed to Guderio and this name is yeah much easier to understand for our customers that's why we changed the name before we get into that everybody can go down here in the show notes there is a link to our blog and in the blog we have included all the links all the further readings as well as our admittedly now looking back quite noisy um, interview from this live event where I was just starting to learn to work with lavalier microphones. But first tell us, uh, how did you end up in a cybersecurity startup? Because my understanding is you did more than one business idea before, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right, Joe. Um... How did I came up with entrepreneurship was during my uh, studies at the Technical University here in Darmstadt. Um, I was working for a professor and one of, one of his uh, PhD students had an idea and it was uh, similar to Jodel. Someone or some may know Jodel nowadays and at this time it was 2014. Um, I developed the front end of the iOS app. So that's how I came here into the startup uh, startup scene with the, this first app I developed but at this time uh, Yodel had already funding and that's why we at the end didn't uh, bring the app into the app store but that was how I came towards entrepreneurship and later on um, I realized the problem of software developers um, together with my business angel today and that's how I came then up with uh, Kuderio. Can we first talk a little bit about what Yodel is? Because most people who are now listening to us, 80% or more from abroad, most of them are not even to speak, are not able to even speak German, have no idea how to write or what to do with this app. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Um, yeah, Yodel is an, I always say it's an anonymously gossip sharing app. And Yodel, the name is the expression of, I don't know, similar to singing something in the Bavarian area. And that's how they came up with the name, I think. 
And in the app, you got the possibility to write anonymously with other people, share texts and photos. Um, it's location-based and I think has a karma uh, functionality. So the, the more texts you send, the more people like your posts, that's how you can increase your karma. That's how the app is, uh, is currently working, I think. And for everybody who'd like to know what Yodeln actually is, it's something very Bavarian. You can go down here in the show notes. We'll include a YouTube video just to make you smile, guys. Okay, um, that said, you started out with an idea. Then basically your competitor get funded, you don't get funded. And now how does the story go on? Mm, yeah. Um Right now, um, of course, we have already paying customers, um, including, for example, the University of Heidelberg, uh, Trimble, the European Union or European Commission. And um, right now we are in the fundraising process. We started some time ago already in some good conversations with venture capital firms um, and business angels. And we will close around the next weeks or month, I would say. That's the current state of it. How does a startup as small as you get like the world's second oldest university and the European Commission as client? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I was at a, a tech event and I met a security advisor um, of them. And yeah, he understood the product in, I would say, 20 seconds and said, okay, you definitely um, need to come to Brussels and uh, show it to my people. And yeah, that's how we did it. Yeah. So, so easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no and it took, it took us a long time. It, just, uh, it was just the, the short story, uh, long, uh, long story short, sorry. Um, it took us, I think, 11 months to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit about your company. How many people are there? Uh, where are you headquartered? And of course, what you guys are actually doing? Mm -hmm. um, we are five people right now. Uh, we are located or headquartered in Darmstadt. Uh, Darmstadt is a smaller city south of Frankfurt. It's around 25 kilometers south from Frankfurt. Um, yeah, what we are about to do right now is we didn't have much sales and marketing marketing activities the last month because of fundraising and product development, but the product is um, already, it's, of course, it's not finished, but we have a, a version since several months which uh, can be sold. Uh, that's what we start the the next weeks, uh, yeah, sales and marketing activities. And of course, as always, uh, product development is, I would say, 40% uh, of the work. Um, and the the rest, yeah, into sales and marketing and fundraising efforts. Yeah. Last week or so last month, um, it was completely different because um, we didn't, yeah, do so much so much for um, sales and marketing. What is the product of you guys? How did you end up in cybersecurity? What does it do? Um, yeah, we help software developers to use open source in a secure way. Uh, our slogan is um, open source security made easy. So as a software developer, I'm not only using my own code, which I wrote. I also use code from uh, third parties. 
And that's the area we or our product product is focusing on. We monitor this third-party code and help the software developers to know which vulnerabilities are in these libraries which I'm using. And that helps how? Um, it helps how. So they, they get a good overview because they not only have one project, they have maybe 50, 60 web applications. And so we give them in the first step a really nice overview on our software as a service and on our platform. And in the next step, we automate these updates for them. We are in UI or they can use our API. That's how we help them. So it's an efficiency and security value proposition for them. For everybody not active in cybersecurity, can you tell us why you should use this tool? Mm -hmm. um, the reason behind is that um, if you're not updating your third-party code, then um, automated exploits or hackers from outside can attack your web application. Even if you have your own code secured, so you, you're writing your own code and everything is not vulnerable in your own code, but because you're using, for example, Angular as a front end, then your own web application um, is vulnerable from, from outside because the Angular can be attacked itself as well. And then the result is that the one case could be that your website visitors get a crypto miner on, your, on, your, uh, on their computer, your server could be compromised, then by that uh, customer data could be stolen or uh, someone else um, stores credit card information on your server, which um, results in legal trouble for the company itself. So that's that are the problems of our customers. How does an automated hack actually work? Is there like some bad guys out there who are running a lot of servers, trying out known vulnerabilities um, all over the world? Is it like that? Exactly. Yeah, I was um, in discussions with, with people from the Drupal security team from the US at an event in East of Europe. And what they told me is, um, well, let me explain the process. Um, if, for example, you have a, a Drupal module, um, they release a new version on Wednesday evening in European time zone. And in some cases already four hours after the new release, some automated exploits start um, on the old versions of this module. That's what happens in the internet. And most of the developers, they yeah, even don't know it. And yeah, that's, that's a big problem because the, it's very convenient for hackers or attackers um, not to target custom code of web applications, but the third-party code, because by that you can directly target several hundreds of websites or web applications online, not only one product, but a huge amount of web application. That's what you sometimes then read in Germany on Heise, for example, okay, 115,000 websites has been compromised in several hours. <laughs> yeah. mm, we may add that Heise is an, it's a blog and in Germany it's very much targeted towards cybersecurity and sometimes it's pretty scary what those guys are telling. Um, can you tell us, for example, uh, how a client could tell he or she got hacked? Then that's very difficult um, to evaluate. In some cases, they even don't know 
that they got hacked. Um, there are several indicators which you can evaluate, but uh, that's really hard to figure out in some cases. It's be better better safe to be, uh, better safe than sorry, right? Uh, yeah, um, in my opinion, definitely, and that's what we see in the in the community um, nowadays that the awareness uh, the awareness um, is rising. Um, it would be nice that developers have been focused there already three years ago, but as we all know, in software project, the product owner always says, "Okay, features, features, features," and then at the end, "Okay." Now put a little bit security on top of it, please. And yeah, that's then how you end up with security uh, flaws in your product. Nice. And monitor it 24-7 during the development process. And it's yeah much easier um, to be aware of these problems you have in, your, in the third-party code. Aware of the problems is the right word. Um, because I was just getting to the, your clients. You already told us some of them. Who's actually your client? Who are you looking for as a potential new client who may be listening to this recording? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, we have three segments. Um, so we um, have clients like startups or freelancers, um, SMEs like digital agencies, for example, and also bigger corporates um, or people from the public sector at the end. What they need to have is, or they have to be a developer um, who is using open source and manage, manages its code um, with a, a Git repository. Uh, developers know that, and that's almost uh, every developer. So at the core, our customer is a web developer, to, so to say. Yeah. And it doesn't matter at which company or institution he or she works. Yeah, that's, that's secondary, yeah. It's important for uh, targeting these customers, uh, but at the end, it doesn't matter if it's, he's working at a digital agency or at the public sector, for example. They all they all need it because they are using open source um, code. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, you've talked about at the beginning of this interview about fundraising. How are you guys are financed right now? And what are you looking for in terms of financing, like a seed series A round? Um, in the past, we've been financed with a business angel and by our own money. And um, now we are looking for 1.5 million for the next 24 months. And it's a seed financing round right now. Isn't too old outrageous like uh 1.5 million for seed financing uh there are much bigger deals out there but um apparently you're a very interesting startup um we are talking now here uh towards the end a little bit about frankfurt rhine mine because this is sponsored by um frankfurt forward this interview so what does rhine mine mean for you the the area here in between or yeah between Frankfurt Darmstadt Wiesbaden um, for me it's it's very good to have several cities because Darmstadt itself it's not so big but I see that the startup ecosystem is growing over here and for me Frankfurt and Wiesbaden is also very important to have yeah more people or a broader network because I would say compared to the U S the ecosystem is not so developed. Um, 
here in Frankfurt and Darmstadt. Um, but what I see is yeah, quite promising for the future. So I'm, I'm happy to be here in Darmstadt with the Technical University. And so we have quite good people uh, who we can hire. I think that's also very important for us as Coderio to, to get people on board in the future. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, uh, Technical University Darmstadt has a strong reputation of being very good in technical skills as well as uh, churning out good coders. You can confirm that? Definitely. Yeah. And then you have the Fraunhofer Institutes, for example, the SIT, um, which is very popular in Germany for cybersecurity. I've uh, just been there for an appointment um, two hours, no, three hours ago. So it's very interesting to exchange uh, knowledge with them. Yeah. It's very important for me. We may tell our audience they don't know what Fraunhofer institutions are. Can you tell a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, it's an, a research institute um, funded by the German state and partly by um, enterprises um, or proof-of-concept projects uh, from enterprises in Germany. Does it describe Fraunhofer? Joe, what do you think? Yes, uh, I would say that pretty much uh, describes it. From my understanding, I'm not a scientist here, but um, the Max Planck Institute, they do very basic research like molecules, atoms and stuff like this. And um, the Fraunhofer Institute is rather charged with bringing it more to practical applications, the research. But that would be my understanding. Everybody who knows more about that, reach out to me like here. There is my email address, my Twitter account. Come holler at me and we will work this out. And if I ever need to correct that, you will find it down here in the show notes. I think it was mostly correct, in my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> Two guys who have no clue who agree on something is usually pretty bad. Um, we are running close to about 20 minutes recording time. Um, unfortunately, I did interrupt you a few seconds, but I do believe uh, the audience gets everything we've been talking about. I'd like to say thank you very much was just a pleasure having you and everybody who'd like to learn more go down here in the down here in the show notes there is a link to your personal linkedin profile to your uh, company website so on and so forth if you're not looking at this directly on the startuprate.io youtube uh, blog posting site you will go find at least a link down here where you can find it Well, only thing left for me to say, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.